0: I see the trainer coming She's rolling round the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine Since I don't know when Well, I'm stuck in in prison And time keeps on dragging on That train keeps rolling On down the sand Well, if they freed me from this prison, if that railroad train was mine, I'd be...
1: You are listening to IOU Radio at 89.9 FM in the Owens Valley and on the internet at iouradio.org. This is a Metabolic Studio production. IOU Radio of Pine, California broadcast from the Owens Lake Begone at the historic Double L Saloon. For over 100 years now, Owens Valley has been tapped to make the city of Los Angeles possible. From L.A. to the Owens Valley, we know we owe you.
2: As an act of reconciliation from Los Angeles since 2009, the IOU series on DWP land has offered the IOU Garden and Farmer's Market, Owen's Dry Lake Bread, the Metabolic Soil Project, and the 100 Conversations About Water series. IOU Theater is powered by jitters from IOU Espresso and backed by the IOU Bank of Trust and Time. And now, we bring you tonight's radio program, The Townies, written by Manuel Ruiz. 谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢太好了
3: kid, about 21 years old, sits around his bedroom all by himself, reading a college guidebook for the University of North Carolina. This young man is Maxwell O'Connor, a graduate and local of his hometown of Lone Pine, California. A bookshelf rests against the wall with numerous fiction and nonfiction books from different authors from different genres. Movie posters are scattered across his bedroom walls. An old-time vinyl record player sits on his computer desk playing a cool, catchy 50s soul song. Yes, a 21-year-old is actually using a record player. After some time reading the guidebook, he places an old photo in the spine of the book as a way to save his page. He sets the book down on top of another college guidebook, this one for UCLA. After a moment, there's a knock at Max's bedroom door. Max gets up from his chair to answer the door. When he opens the door, he sees it's his long-time childhood friend Curtis, another local young man, 22 years old. Curtis is like a big brother and mentor towards Max. Look, if you decide to come back to town,
4: Curtis. Oh, well, you know me, Max. Can't keep me away for too long. You know, town does that some, to you sometimes. The hell kind of music you're listening to here. You know it's okay to listen to music from this decade, right? <laughs>
1: Says you, I prefer music that actually has a sound to it. All this modern crap just sounds like a bunch of noise anyways.
4: I swear you were born in the wrong generation, Max. I tell myself
1: the same thing every day. Anyways, enough about the obvious. What brings you by, buddy? You kind of up and disappeared a few
4: weeks ago. Well, I just got back into town an hour ago and wanted to drop by and see if you weren't too busy. Shoot. When was the last time you knew me to be too busy? Where'd you even run off to, anyways? Uh, My brother and sister-in-law invited me up to visit them in Tahoe. Tahoe? Yes, sir. That's a cool place. Yeah, it is, but they really wanted me to go look at the community college or something over there. Well, hey, that's good, right? And maybe for other kids who want to make something out of it. How does anyone expect me to make money if i got to sit in a classroom all day? For that matter, with the little money I do have, I sure don't want to blow it all on a bunch of books I ain't never going to read. You do know community colleges are free, right? You only have to pay for the books. Well, there's the problem. I hate books. (laughs) Speaking of books, University of North Carolina, UCLA... Never mind me, what about you? It looks like you have a good choice going for you. Shoot. I don't know right now. I mean, they seem like okay places. You're kidding, right? If I got this notice to come to a big old college like that, I'd die of shock. All they would have to say is, University, and I'd be sold. (laughs) Oh no, man. It's not like that. I do appreciate it. Those schools wanted to bring you in for creative writing programs? Um, yeah, right. Well, then that's an even bigger compliment. In what way? North Carolina, Los Angeles. All these guys looked over a million, if not billion, different kids with pen and paper and they thought you were one of the more worthy ones. That's pretty big, especially for a kid from a small town like Lone Pine. Yeah, I'm sure they had
1: better reasons.
4: Yeah, to see you write even more and better stories. <laughs> well, how about you let me worry about that for right now? No, no, this is not no laughing matter here. This is big. If you aren't gonna take it serious, then I will for you. Yeah, you're taking it pretty serious for the both of us. Good, someone needs to. Obvious no one's going to if you haven't made a decision yet. I'll make one soon enough. Don't you worry, man. It best be soon is all I'm saying. I don't know. I would want to give it some thought first. How about that? Sure. Sure, give it time. Give it all the time in the world. While you're still here, you can still hang out with the rest of us, thinking about what-ifs and what could have been.
1: Well, it'd be so bad if I did stick around here anyways. No shame in that, as far as I'm concerned.
4: That so, huh? Hmm. What are your plans for today, Max? Um, nothing. Why? Let's go into town a little for a little bit and say hello to a few people and let me do my best to try and change your mind. <laughs> what? So just today you want to try and change my mind about why I need to pick a school and get out? Exactly! It's a deal! Wait, we're making a deal? You bet!
1: Wait, are we betting or making a deal?
4: Actually, what the hell are you even talking about? You give me one day to try and convince you about why you need to move on from this town and onto better things, and if I can't do that by 12 tonight, then so be it and I'll let you make any decision you want.
1: Deal? Hmm. Well, it's already 2 in the afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, sure, Curtis. That's a deal. Let's get going. Where to first?
4: Yeah, let's go see what Val's up to. <laughs>
1: the bar.
0: The a <laughs> I was a highwayman Along the roads I did ride Sold and pistol by my side
3: Max and Curtis make their way across town to meet with another close friend of theirs named Valentine, or better known simply as Val. Right now, Val hangs out with other locals and old timers in town at the Double L, an old time western bar. A few friends are playing pool off in the back. Another man who is by himself is throwing darts at a board. Yeah, Come missed. on. And a young couple sits at a table, flirting, talking with each other like they just started dating. In other words, they're not sick of each other yet. Val sits at the bar, chatting with a few other patrons who Val will be looking like in a few more years. Val looks like he's already had a few drinks in him. Yeah. Even at two in the afternoon, he's sitting at the bar. The front door swings open, and Curtis and Max enter the bar.
4: You see this? Not much to be found here. Then what are we doing here? Well, like I told you before, we might want to see what Val's up to. Two in the afternoon at the double L. What do you think he's up to? Val!
5: (laughs) Hey Val! Look who's come in to give you an intervention. (laughs) What are you talking about?
3: What are you talking about? Hey Maxie, Curtis.
4: Hey, good to see you fellas here. Maxie? Well Val, we wanted to see how you're doing, so I figured we'd check all three bars in town.
3: Hey brother, I'm doing
5: great. Yeah. He's been in there three days and he still hasn't paid his tab. Of course, he's doing great. Oh, what are you worried about, Chuck? You know I'm good for it. No, actually, I don't. You've never paid since you started coming in here. Least any time I've ever served you. Fact is, I was wondering why I even allow you in here in the first place.
1: Hey, Kurt, was this really part of what you wanted to show me? I mean,
4: are we done here or what?
5: Well, heck. Sorry for not being the good bartender I normally am. What do you guys want?
4: Yeah, Max is right. We're not staying. We just wanted to see
5: what this fella's up to. What you're seeing right now is what he's been up to for the last hour and a half.
1: <laughs> and what he'll be doing for the next four hours. Yeah, I love you too, Max.
5: See there, Kurt. How in the heck are your parents? Drunk. Such a shame. I expect that from your old man, because I've served him more times than I've served Val here. But your mom, too, huh?
4: Yeah, just as much, except she stays at home, so only I get to see her act up. I guess she feels I deserve that much. I'm
5: real sorry to hear about that, son.
4: No sorry needed. I've had 22 years to get used to it.
5: Hey, can I ask you fellas something? Shoot, Chuck. Any of you guys know another young man by the name of Thomas Pratchett?
4: Pratchett? And uh, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, I've seen him around town. What about you, Max? Oh, uh,
1: me, do I know someone named Tommy Cratchit? No, I don't know him. Who is he?
3: He's just another lousy towdy like the rest of us. Why do you ask about him, Chuck?
5: Well, I just want you boys to know that if you ever see him again, to make sure you tell him he ain't wanted in here anymore.
3: What do you mean by that?
5: Exactly what I just said, you blockhead. He's booted, fan. He's gone and got himself on the 86 list.
4: Well, well, this sounds pretty serious, Chuck. What did he do?
5: What did he do?
4: Yeah, what did he do?
5: You want to ask that now?
4: Yeah, why do you think I'm asking for? I want to know right now.
5: Yeah, yeah,
4: just tell us. You're the one who brought it up, blockhead. He was stealing tips off the countertop right here. He did what? Are you serious? Serious as a heart attack. One of the regulars... You know, one of the guys who's an even bigger drunk than you, Val?
5: Uh, yeah, right. Well, one of the regulars, he saw him doing it the last time Tommy was in here by himself having a drink. That was about a week ago. I don't know if he knew he was busted or not, but he hasn't been in here since.
4: That's some pretty unlucky luck right there.
5: Yeah. To have a patron actually steal off me and... You call it luck?
4: No, no, for him to get caught. What do you think, Max? This has to be the work of some stupid drunk townie about our age, right? Uh, Yeah, I'd say so. See, hang around town long enough and that's where you are going and end up.
1: Yeah. yeah, whatever.
4: Hell, this sounds like it should be more of a warning PSA for you, Val. Hey, seriously,
3: did you guys come in here to rank me out when you woke up this morning or what, Curtis? Second of
5: all, don't scare off Max or Val. Or anyone else, for that matter. I still have a business to run. Damn it! Uh there'll be plenty more where they come
4: from, Chuck. Well, I think that's all we needed to see in here to make my point. Let's go, Max. Wait, wait, where are y'all going? We still have a few more stops to make. We're gonna go catch up with June and Robert over at the shop. Ah, trip around town, eh? Count me in. Really? You want to come with? Sure, I'm done with my beer. You sure you're not busy? Busy? Me?
3: <laughs> no way. Uh, wait, what day is it again? Uh, no, I'm free. I I, I thought I had something to do. Uh, I, I guess it would have been important enough to remember, but I can't. Val hops off the stool and starts walking towards the door with his friends. Hey, Chuck, I'll pay
5: that bill next time. You can count on it. You might want to get a job first. Next time, huh? Well, let me look. Nope. I still can't find that day on my calendar.
3: The three young men leave the bar.
0: Along the road, ride. So
3: 23-year-old June Hamilton sits behind the front desk of the Lone Pine Museum of Western Film History. The day is slow. June just browses on her computer to kill time. The front door to the museum opens. June turns to the front door and sees her three friends, Curtis, Val, and Max, entering the building.
2: Well, as I live and breathe, look at these three troublemakers with nothing better to do. Must have known I was bored, huh? What good friends you guys are.
4: Ah, you know, June, no matter the occasion, you've always got the best welcome. No wonder they have you out front. I guess you have more to you than just a pretty face.
2: Well, listen to you, you gaping dog. That's the kind of talk I would expect from Val. Hey.
4: No, you wouldn't expect me to say that.
3: I would have said. I would have said something else that. I'm not gonna say out loud because
4: I actually respect our friendship.
2: And as usual, Val makes the mood awkward for all of us.
4: Anyways, how you doing, Jim?
2: Not all that bad, I suppose. I can't complain. But I need to complain about just how darn slow it is today. I swear, I have never seen this place so dead on a Saturday.
4: Wait, wait. You mean to tell me people aren't pushing each other over at the door to come see memorabilia from movies filmed a 100 years ago? Blasphemy.
3: Suddenly, the museum's front door opens again. Two attractive women enter the museum to Val's delight. Val can't help but stare at the two young women. They do not notice him in the least. They walk right up to the front desk to pay the fee into the museum.
2: Hello there, welcome. Just the two of you? How much will it be? Five dollars
6: each. Thank you,
7: hun. Been driving
6: for the last hour. I'm really hoping I can stay awake long enough to enjoy all of this. Better come look for me in 10 minutes to make sure I haven't dropped and passed out in the middle of the museum. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, please. Allow me to introduce myself, ladies. They call me Val here. Here. I mostly give tours around the museum, but I must say, never to a couple of beautiful patrons such as yourselves.
6: Well, I've never been here before. Oh, I'd love to have you talk, show us around.
3: Being as there's just so much to see, why don't I give you ladies the grand tour? Val. June nods her head at Val in annoyance. This is typical of her friend, but being at her place of work, she isn't going to have any of it. That isn't such a good idea. Oh, please, June. I know just how much you enjoy giving tours, but you, you specialize in mining the front desk. Now, what do you ladies say? Sure, that would be wonderful. Ah, wonderful. You hear that, June? They think it sounds wonderful! Okay, well right this way, ladies. Val leads the way into the museum for the two new visitors. He looks back at June and gives her a slack-jaw grin and a wink. To her annoyance, she now has a look of concern on her face.
2: I am very disappointed I have to ask this, but can you please go and make sure he doesn't do anything stupid, Curtis?
4: You want to make sure he doesn't get kicked out, do you?
2: Oh, no. I don't care if he gets kicked out. In fact, I'd prefer it. I don't want to get fired.
3: Curtis runs off to catch up to Val. Max, however, stays behind with
1: June.
2: Sheesh. Sometimes, Max, you're the only one of the group who isn't difficult to be around.
1: Years of practice. <laughs> Being around these guys, I guess.
2: <laughs> Maybe. I'm glad you stayed back here. Now you can keep me company. I'm
1: glad to. It's
2: been a while since we've actually hung out and talked, just the two of us. How have you been, Max?
1: I've been... I don't know. I've been good, I guess. You guess? Well, I was doing good until Curtis came by to see me at home.
2: Oh, great. That can only end badly. What did he do? Tell you everything you are doing wrong and what you really should be doing with your life?
1: (laughs) Actually, yeah.
2: Oh, really? Like how?
1: Uh, He saw some college books sitting around my room and thinks I need to make a decision ASAP on where I want to go. The books were just sent to me. I don't want. I want to take my time with it. Not decide by tomorrow.
2: Hey, it's your choice anyway. Oh, oh, shoot! That reminds me. What's the matter? Uh, I just remembered. I need to run to Ridgecrest to buy things for my youth group tomorrow. Hey, I have a great idea. Why don't you come with me? It's been far too long since we've been on a trip out of town together. It'd be great to hang out again and catch up.
1: Yeah, I'm free tomorrow.
2: Just don't forget your wallet like last time. How convenient that was for you. Hey,
1: that was an honest mistake.
2: Whatever you say, Maxie. It's better to offer no excuse than a bad one. But anywho, thanks for reminding me. I swear, old age is getting the best of me already.
1: (laughs) At 23?
2: Don't remind me. I've been doing a million things for the Film Fest next weekend. I totally spaced it. One minute they want the celebrity guests to stay at the Dow Villa. Next it's the Comfort Inn. When did I turn into a freaking travel agent?
1: Well, who's the guest?
2: Assistant to the Assistant Director from Iron Man.
1: (laughs) Not much of a celebrity. I don't even think that movie people cared where he stayed when they were here filming.
2: So anyways, did you tell Kurt that you don't want to decide on a school just yet?
1: Oh, well you know Curtis. He won't listen to anything you have to say unless you're agreeing with him.
2: Well, what do you want to do?
1: Well, like I've been telling anyone who asks and anyone who will listen, I don't know yet. And I don't want to know yet. I just want to weigh my options as of now.
2: As in what school you want to go to?
1: As in if I even want to leave at all.
2: Oh uh, well, that is your decision after all. But I would come up with an answer soon, whatever it's going to be. Because before you know it, any opportunities you have will be gone.
1: Oh great, now you're telling me I need to hurry up and get out of town too? Jeez, does everyone just want to make up a mind for me?
2: That's not what I'm saying at all. Look,
1: I'll decide what I want to do as soon as I know what I want to do. Once I'm ready, I'll make sure to let everyone know so y'all don't have to worry no more. I mean, but look at you though. You came back to town once you graduated from Saracoso, and now it seems like you're back for good. And you seem happy.
2: Yeah, which I am, Max. I'm doing what I want to do. But that has absolutely nothing to do with where I'm living. That has nothing to do with it. I'm lucky enough to continue my youth group or working for the community right here in town. But not everyone can say that. Sometimes you have to leave if you want to do what you want to do.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. But maybe that's the thing I'm still trying to figure out.
2: What about your writing? As much as you do that, I would think you'd be trying to get into a school for creative writing or something along those lines.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. It's just a hobby for now. We're, we'll see where that goes. It would be nice if I could make a living from that, but I'm not holding my breath. Why not? Because I'm busy being realistic about it. At this time, both Curtis and Val come
3: back to the front desk. From one look at them, Val is not the least bit happy right now, while Curtis is having a laugh right at <laughs> Val's expense. <laughs>
2: Well, you just shut up already, Kurt. Oh, great. What happened with you two?
4: Me? Nothing. That was doing great up until they realized how full of it he really is and told him to kick rocks. I, on the other hand, was just an innocent spectator. I swear to you, I've never found more enjoyment watching someone beg for a date while being shut down at the same time.
3: Hey. Yeah. Go ahead. Laugh it up. I have a date later tonight, anyhow.
2: Yeah, with him.
3: With the... Uh, I don't know yet. still Still have to meet her first.
2: Not sure if you're a heart stealer or a heartbreaker, Val. Oh, Kurt, I forgot to remind you. Guess who was back in here? Who's that? Tommy.
4: Tommy? Yep. Tommy Pratchett?
2: Yeah.
1: Who the hell is this Tommy Pratchett and why don't I know him? For that matter, how do you know him, June?
2: He used to work here a few years ago, but that's not why I'm bringing him up. Kurt, I finally found out why he really left here and it wasn't anything close to what he really told everyone.
4: Oh no? Uh, what happened for real then?
2: He was fired.
4: Fired? Really?
2: That's what I was told. I guess he was too darn ashamed to admit it.
4: That is a shame. So, what's the deal? Are we done here yet or what? Yeah, I guess so. We ought to go see what Robert's up to these days.
2: Well, hang on. I'm off in ten. Let me just clear my register and I'll come with. I haven't seen that fell in a blue moon.
4: It'd be great to have you come with and also to point out when Val and Robert are being idiots.
2: Uh, perhaps you ought to have me point out when they aren't.
4: Good point, good point.
3: Well, we'll just be outside. The three young men all leave the museum and wait out in the parking lot area. They all stand around waiting for June to come out and join them.
4: So, Max, what'd you and June talk about?
1: Uh, nothing much, really. Nothing really? She kept asking me the same crap you did, about me going to school and leaving town. All right? Whoa, where'd that come from? I'm starting to think you made this little plan to bring me to everyone and have them try to convince me to leave town.
4: Now... Whatever makes you say that?
1: Oh, I don't know, because it's pretty freaking obvious.
4: Val didn't say anything about you needing to leave. You thinking about leaving, Max? He doesn't know yet. He
1: doesn't know
3: yet? Well, what is he waiting for? Seems to me he'd be better off if he left
4: town.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. Stop. See, now you got Val doing it, too.
4: Max, what's the big deal? So your friends want to see you go do good in your life. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, damn right we do. You're lucky. Some guys our age don't have friends who will be encouraging enough to want their friends to move on without them. Oh, you just won't stop, will you? Whoa, who's this coming up fast over here? What? Val and Curtis turn around to see what Max is talking
3: about. A woman in a car comes speeding into the parking lot of the museum. She slams on her brakes and stops right beside them. The driver in the car is a 20-year-old woman named Michelle. It's clear that she's furious about something. As she gets out of the car, she glares at Val, never taking her eyes off of him.
6: You've got some nerve standing me up.
3: Uh-oh.
6: No one does that to me. Who the hell you think you are, Justin Timberlake or something?
3: Oh, uh, oh that, 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 that's right, that, that, that's what I had planned. What? Uh, I, I had a
4: date an hour ago.
6: You had a date two hours ago.
4: Whoa, it's okay. He wasn't out messing around. He was just at the bar at that time. Kurt! Sorry.
6: I'm sure he was at the bar. That's where he always is. And that's where he will spend the rest of the night. Third time in a row. You stood me up and it's, got, it's going to be the last.
4: Third time? Wouldn't you have known better to, and said no after the second? <coughs> Kurt, just stop talking.
6: Yeah, I won't be falling for that again.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on one second. I- I'm sorry. I-, I, wait. I-, I-, I thought you meant uh, later tonight, not that early. I figured you were, um...
6: Oh, please. Don't dare give me that. You knew exactly what time I met. You missed something? Uh, I'm pretty good, Valentine. Good luck finding somebody who'll give you the time of day at the bar or wherever you're hanging out.
3: Michelle walks back to her car, gets inside, and speeds away, ignoring Val's attempts at an apology. (laughs) I guess you're three for three on strikeouts today, eh, (laughs) Val? Oh, no. This is routine between the two of us. We'll be making up by noon tomorrow.
1: She seemed pretty upset. She always is. Even when she's happy, she's pissed at me. If you knew forgetting your dates gets her mad, why don't you make a better effort and try to remember?
4: Well, like you said, he knows she'll keep coming back to him.
1: What can I say, guys? Maybe that's a scumbag way to go about
4: dating.
3: Oh yeah? You get yourself a woman sometime, Max. And then you can come back to me for a beer, and then you can tell me all about dating. How
1: about that? Yeah, whatever. So where is Robert going to be?
4: Eh, he'll be at his garage. So that's where we're going to go. Hence meeting him and garage, yeah. Ah, okay.
3: June comes out from the museum.
2: Okay, boys, where to from here?
1: Off to Robert's garage. Can you drive, June?
2: Sorry Charlie, but I walked today. Starting to catch up on my cardio.
4: I don't know if that's dedication or overachieving.
2: Wait, you mean we
3: gotta half all the way across town? It's
4: Lone Pine Fowl. We ain't walking a bishop. We're just walking three blocks. Walking's good for you anyway. It's good for your soul.
3: Yeah, whatever.
0: Good
5: evening ladies and gents, now it's time for our community announcements, where we'll update you about the latest gossip, a few business briefs, some events you don't want to miss, and other odds and ends. Please remember that if you plan on traveling to far away venues, like Ridgecrest or the internet, to fulfill your life's dreams, so be it. If we were mean we'd say you should feel guilty about passing over local businesses and shredding the fabric of our community but we aren't mean and while you are buying local in our blessed valley you should remember to visit the museum of western film history in lone pine with its extensive collection of real movie costumes cars props posters, and other memorabilia. This museum tells the story of the nearly 400 films produced in the area, from the early days of the Roundup to the modern blockbusters of today, such as Django Unchained. Oh, and remind the good folks at the film museum that everyone is still waiting for the adult movie exhibit. Featuring such hits as The Hills Have Thighs. Oh my. Speaking of films, we'd like to throw a plug in for our friend Jesse Steele, who I believe is in the audience of Stainless Films. He is busy teaching students in the art of filmmaking and producing some exciting films. Follow his progress on Facebook. Now, speaking of entertainment, let me mention the upcoming Concert in the Rocks in the famous Alabama Hills. Join the rumble in the Lone Ranger Canyon where you will be served a great meal and some great music. There'll be some shimmy, shaking, squeaking, swingin', rockin', boogie-woogie goodness goings on. Thanks to the Rumble Kings of New Orleans on Saturday, June 4th. And you can get a head start on the big night by getting your twang on with Sandy in the High Country, Friday, June 3rd, in town at the Western Film Museum. Check it out, folks. We would like, thank you, thank you. We would like to send out a big thank you to Dean and Bev Vanderwall. After 49 years of making sure everyone in Lone Pine had the right drugs, and generally being pillars of the community, they've sold Lone Pine Drug and are retiring. A well-deserved applause, yep. That's why they are walking around with great big smiles on their faces. Either that, or they are thinking about the costumes they will be wearing at Burning Man this year. Congratulations, Dean and Bill! How if you want a week of fun closer to home and without dust in all your creases and crevices, Just head to Bishop for the world famous Mule Days during Memorial Day weekends starting Monday, May 24th through the 29th. You don't want to miss the longest non-motorized parade in the world. In concert with all the food vendors, mule competitions, and other shows of animalistic nature in the arena. The dances, the drinking, Oh my, to live and die by. Any man not to be missed. Remember, anything a horse can do, a mule can do better. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> now let's rock the vote. During the June 7th primary election, you get a chance to pick your party's hero who will go on to the November election to battle for the right to lead our country for the next four years. Or, you can slink through a walk of shame on the eight, asking, really, they picked that one? <laughs> on a more relaxed note, those of you who need a civilized break from the hustle and bustle of life and politics, A calm little escape can be had when you hearken back to 1920s Paris by visiting the Gertrude Stein Salon to enjoy tea in the proximity of famous paintings by Matisse, Picasso and (laughs) Cézanne. Call 800-571-0745 to make an appointment with the knowledgeable host and friend of Gertrude, Nancy Prather. (laughs) Now, the Mount Whitney Cemetery, I thought you all should know, is having a Bread for the Dead bake sale to help finance their expansion. Let's make room for our stay-at-home townies on May 21st, at the Chamber of Commerce. And on to the 2016 graduating class of Lumpine and Bishop, John Klusmeyer has phoned in to offer three doses of unsolicited advice. This is what he had to say. After pursuing high profile commencement speeches, I came across this gem. Make your bed. Yep, a retired general said that was the key of life Because if you always make your bed, you can say you did something every day <laughs> Now these revelations are only variations of three basic graduation Orations the first you suck then we have you are spectacular and finally I don't know. (laughs) Here is a taste of speech number one. You suck. You ungrateful little ingrates don't know how good you have it. You've got soft hands and soft muscles, which makes for a soft mind. You're not going anywhere until you get a good long taste of the real world, which is filled with work and dashed dreams and pain and Doing everything you don't want to do. So get used to slinking back to your old bedroom in your parents' house. (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) On a lighter, lighter note, we have speech number two. You are spectacular. You are a unit of rainbow radiance whose glow forms interlocking dreams of color, light and joy in the bright sky that is your future life. The world will open its arms and welcome you and your dreams and your aspirations and hopes because the world will respond to your goodness and purity and happily deliver your dreams to you. Ah, a deliverance of dreams. We should all be so lucky. Now striking a bit of balance between number one and number two is speech number three. I don't know. I know nothing. You know nothing. No one knows anything. Life is a mystery and it can't be explained. The best you can do is doing the best you can do. It's life. Just live it and see what happens. Oh. And if you start freaking out about the future, just crawl into bed, take a nap, and quit worrying. Everything will probably turn out okay. Just remember to make your bed when you decide to get up. It's all you've got. And then you can say, I did something. (laughs) And now, back to our show, The Townies on (laughs) (laughs) IOURadio.org.
3: Curtis Max and Junes, and a cousin of Val. Robert is hard at work with the three mechanics who work under him.
5: Hey, hey, we in a half inch <laughs> socket wrench over here. Ralph, right now. What's the holdup? All four friends arrive at the garage. When they see Robert
3: yelling at the other employees, they all find it a tad amusing. They, uh. They're, they're not used to seeing their friend uh, order people
5: around like that. Well, look what we have here. A rider, a loser, a drunk, and a prima donna.
2: Oh, you hear that, Kurt? He called you a prima donna.
5: Oh, big work for him. What, you
4: haven't made partner yet, Robert? Suddenly, the manager of the shop comes out from his office to
3: approach all the young visitors.
7: That's not happening anytime soon, because <laughs> for him to do that, he'd need to shape up tremendously. <laughs> hey, Val, June, Curtis, and Max, how are y'all doing? Pretty good. well. Mm. Hey, Max, I, I haven't seen your mother around. How, how is she doing? She's still not feeling well,
1: but she's hanging in there.
7: How long has it been since he's been dealing with this?
1: Shoot, uh, going on a year and a half. It must be a burden on you, son. Well, um, it is what it is. Just has to be expected, right? Could be worse.
7: Well, that's a good way to look at it. Um, But if, if you'll all pardon me, I uh, I need to see Robert in my office.
3: Oh, great. Uh,
7: not so much.
3: Robert follows his manager into his office.
7: Um, close the door behind you, will you, Robert? Yes, Mr. Smithers? Did, uh, did you have some trouble getting to work today?
5: Hmm? I know. I'm sorry about that, Mr. Smithers. I just had a million things going on when I was trying to leave the house this morning.
7: Well, not need to be sorry, Robert. You're, you're pretty good on being here earlier than when you're supposed to be, so I'm thinking nothing of it for now. Well, thank you. You're one of the few
3: who arrives the earliest. I don't want to lose that. Just try sticking to your usual time of arriving to work. I, I trust you'll be able to do that next time, hmm?
5: I guarantee it. Today, sir, was just one of those days... Oh, stop, stop. You don't need to explain anything. You're you're here now. Just don't do it again, okay? Yes, sir. I'm supposed to come in to work tomorrow morning at 8. But I'll be here at 7.30. Well, if you wish. And that's okay. Uh, oh,
7: and uh, Robert, uh, a piece of advice for later. You can give a million
3: excuses to someone but the only thing they're going to care about is that you
5: didn't do what you said you would do. Understand? Mm, I think so. Good piece of advice. I'll be sure to remember that. Good. Now,
7: you can visit with your friends in an hour once your shift is over, but for now, you need to get
3: that van fixed. Adrian has been waiting for three extra days, and she don't want
5: to wait no longer. Absolutely, sir. Robert goes back to the garage area and approaches his friends, waiting for him. Hey listen guys, I'm going to have to catch up with you when I'm done. I got a deadline to meet on this van right here. How much longer do you have? About an hour. Well, we'll just wait. You will? Yeah, sure.
4: Watching you try and be a boss is quite amusing.
3: (laughs) Now, an hour later, the other mechanics have left the garage. There's just Robert, Curtis, Max, June, and Val. They all sit around a prep table. Robert brings everyone a beverage from the garage's mini fridge. Val enjoys a smoke. While the rest sit around, all enjoy each other's company. We continue in (laughs) mid-conversation.
5: Hey, look, uh, uh, I know June is the only one with a job out of you three, so I don't expect you fellows to know what this nine to five life can do to you. Uh, well, I can't speak for Curtis, but for myself, I just ride all day at home, or
1: I go out and have a drive in the hills, look over the view, and doodle what comes to mind. But, riding sure does feel like a job. Now, if only I could figure out a way to get paid for it. I mean, that would be nice.
5: I don't know, man. I mean, that's cool that you want to do that whole riding thing, but at least as far as new riders go, there's just nothing worth looking for to read. Then again, Your writing is the only writing I've actually ever read from cover to cover. I kind of take pride in being a non-reader myself. Yeah, your grades
4: in school prove that.
1: Hey, wait, I'm new and I write. You think I should pack it in and find
5: a new profession, Rob?
2: Uh, Gotta be getting paid for it to call it a profession.
5: Thank you, June. Besides, that's not what I'm talking about. I've read your writing, it's good. But the point I was trying to make was that most writers nowadays are just garbage. But you, man, if you ever get your stuff off the ground, it'll make these guys who've been writing for years wishing they could come up with what you write on their best day. Don't get me wrong,
1: I love this writing thing. I do, it's one of the only things I'm good at. Not good at building things, not good at cars, not good with people skills like you, June. And I certainly don't have the skills with the ladies like Valentine, but with writing, it's like second nature. I could come home and write about today, and before my head hits the pillow, it would have an ending to it. Ha! That would be a depressing story. But someday, who knows.
2: Well, keep at it, then.
1: But Enough about me. Seriously. We came here to see see Robert, and y'all been hitting me with questions.
2: Fair enough. What about you, Robert?
1: Me?
5: What?
2: What? You mean, what?
5: Yeah. What do I have to do with any of this? Am I the one wanting to be a writer? No. That's Max!
2: No, not the writing part.
5: Good, because I've seen the way he writes. It's like transcribing Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, because you're a regular F. Scott Fitzgerald. Wow, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Really?
4: (laughs) You know, for someone who claims to be a non-reader, that was pretty impressive that you even knew who that was.
2: He watched the credits to the Leonardo DiCaprio Gatsby movie.
5: (laughs) Never mind, that makes more sense anyways. Yeah. So do you still want to finish what you were asking me,
4: June? Just ask him the question already. Otherwise, the both of you are going to do this back and forth thing all friggin' night.
2: How are things with you and Samantha?
4: What the hell are you asking him for? They broke up.
2: I wouldn't be so sure.
5: Meaning? Well, we're back together, and yeah, Curtis, again.
4: I ain't saying that's a bad thing or anything. I'm not even saying it's good, but... That's your life, not mine. If you feel like you guys can make it
5: this go-round, then more power to you. Well, thanks for that input. (laughs) What about us, June? Why are you asking anyway?
2: I'm just wondering how it's going for you. She comes into the museum a lot. Some days she's happy, some days she's sad, some days I don't even know. So I was just curious if you had anything to do with that.
5: It's all right. Things are just going the same as always. But I will say I am lucky. She's amazing, guys. This has been five whole months of just being with someone so great. Off and on. What? Those five months were off and on, weren't they? What does that even matter? Oh, it
3: doesn't. I, I'm happy for you, I am. And I'm sure this go around will be the final time you guys will actually stay together. I'm just saying, in those five months of breaking up
5: and making up, were they really the greatest? There are some rough patches, sure, but that's why we're where we are now. We needed to get through all the BS so we can be happy now. Well, five months is all I'm
3: saying. That's not a lifetime if you think about it. Say, Robert, what has she been up to
5: lately? Is she working, school, what? Uh, well, she's taking her classes. At the community college? Yeah, she's been trying to get her GED and move on to better things in her life. And here I am, working at a stupid mom-pop garage, where I'll be working the rest of my miserable life as we all fade away into this godforsaken town. But at least I'm gonna live the rest of my life here in love. You know, Robert, I gotta ask, what about those plans to move out to LA? Pipe dreams, buddy. A dream that wasn't gonna be anything more than a dream. Why do you say that, man? I can see it working out for me. Why not you? Because you'd actually be worth a damn. Not me. What would anybody want with a dumb dropout? You'd be surprised, man.
2: Wait, Robert, you're planning on moving out to L.A.?
5: I was thinking about it. I was thinking of moving with Max if he ever were to go that way. I was thinking of going to mechanic school. Save up enough money and move Samantha out there. Eventually... Open up my own garage at some point. You know, nothing too big or too fancy. Just a little building. Enough room to work on one or two cars. That's all I'd need. I could do all the work myself until I was able to hire some local guys who are hungry like me. Mechanics are some of the most reliable people. I swear, I would have been out of here. I would have been in a whole other town getting to do what I love. I wouldn't be living in any mansion and driving a bins, but I would have been doing my dream with the woman I think I'm in love with. What more could I ask for? Then what's the problem? Why don't you go for it? I'm worried, or actually, I know for a fact that Samantha wouldn't want to leave. You mean you're staying here because of her? Pretty much. What makes you think she wouldn't want to leave? Her family is here. And that's all?
4: Isn't that enough? I mean, no offense. I know it isn't my place to talk on it, but just from my point of view, I don't get why you'd let that hold you back from doing what you want. I'm sure if planned right, you guys could make it work. It's not even
5: that. What if it don't work out with us again? Then what does she do? She has to move back home, and the whole move would have been for nothing. Yeah, see, he's been doing this to me all day. You have, Curtis. You've been drilling him this whole time? Telling him why he shouldn't be letting anything stop him from doing his dream?
3: Yep. Robert drifts his attention to Max and stares at him, tapping his fingers as he thinks to himself. Hmm.
5: Well, good. Someone needs to. Wait, what? I agree with him. You need to stop being so scared to go for it. It has nothing to do with being
4: scared. Then what is it? I'm not sure I want to leave town just yet. Leave my friends? Trust me, you do. Take one look at Val. Spends night, afternoon, rain, sunshine, snow, what have you. He spends all day in the bar looking for any woman who's going to give him the time of day. And when he can't do that, he goes back to one he's already bothered with. Robert, he's stuck right here simply because he's letting someone else control his decision. Hey, hey! You know it's true. Yeah. Okay, well, what about June? She sure seems happy and she came back to this town. Because she's at least doing what she wants to do. You can't do what you want to do here, not this writing thing. You gotta move on to bigger and better places if you want to do that. She likes helping her community and her church groups and that's her niche, but it's not yours, Max. If you're gonna go and ask me, I don't have anything to look forward to. I'm okay with being a bum, I just will get a construction job somewhere and that's what I'll do. I'll be just like my father, except the difference between me and that drunk is when I have a family, I'll actually be good to him. I won't throw things or get pissed off at my wife and kids just because I'm a little tired from work. That's what I'm gonna look forward to in life because in reality, it's, I'm no good at anything else. Unlike you, I don't have something worthwhile. You remember that name you've been hearing? Yeah, so what? That's another guy around our age. You wanna end up like that? Getting fired from your job for being a lousy worker, or kicked out of every establishment for stealing? Do you want that reputation? This town life can do that to a fella. Now, granted, I know you're far from the kind of person who would do any of that, but think about it. That guy was innocent at some point, too. So what? What makes me any better than you just because I could do something a little more skillful than someone else? What are you still doing in town at 21 years old? I mean... You got more potential than all of us combined, and somehow you're okay with being in town, still hanging out with the same friends you went to high school with, still doing the same things you did in high school. Well, you may see it your way, but I'll keep seeing it mine.
2: You know, I don't always agree with the two of you, but in this instance, I would have to side with Max. If he wants to live his life here in town, doing what he's doing, working where he's working for the rest of his life, then so be it. I say that with the most respect, Max.
4: You're smart enough to know what you have going for you, but yet you choose to ignore it. Why? What are you holding out for? I just don't want to complicate my life at the moment, all right? Maybe I prefer just weighing my options. Weighing nothing.
1: I don't exactly see you making any leeway to better yourself either,
4: Curtis. Yeah, that's right, you don't. It's because I'm dumb. You could actually make something of yourself, and I sure as hell don't want to see that go to waste.
2: If there's anything Curtis has ever said, this would be the time I believe him.
5: Now you're on my side.
2: What can I say? People change?
5: Sure didn't take you that long to be convinced.
2: I'm easy. <laughs> Shut up, Robert. <laughs>
5: oh, damn. Is it really 11? Why? I gotta be going. People like me have a business to hold up. You'd be surprised who wants a tune-up at 9 in the morning. Well, you want to ride home or what?
2: Oh, yeah. Guess it is good being friends with the one loser with the car.
5: Curtis? Max? No, I'll huff at home. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, I'm gonna hang back for a little bit too. Okay, but will you two stop being so serious all the time? If you're gonna waste your life away, at least do it happily.
2: Gotta get that last stupid jab in there, don't you? No,
5: no, that wasn't a jab.
4: But it certainly was stupid. I'll see you guys later. Both Robert and June leave the garage. I'm not telling you what to do, Max. You're my best friend and I want the best for you. We all do. I'm just saying, think about it, okay? Don't let something good pass you up. The last thing I'd ever want to see is somewhere, something good go somewhere bad in the next 20 years, because I know if I had one ounce of what you have, I certainly wouldn't be here anymore. Just think about it. I'll see you around, buddy.
3: And then, there goes Curtis, leaving Max to ponder what was just discussed. It's clear that Max is still unsure what decision he may choose to do with his future, But one thing is for certain. What Curtis has told him is sure to leave a lasting impression. Because, oh, nope, wait, I think Max is about to say something else to Curtis before he leaves. Let's listen in, shall we?
1: Hey, Kurt. Yeah? I just thought, what's up? Well, I mean, it's, it's nothing, I mean. Spit it out. Never mind, man. I'll tell you later. All right. Without saying anything else, Curtis
3: continues on his way. And now, a week later, we find Curtis in the bar.
5: How about a drink, Chuck? You got it, kid. Hey, what's this? Two times in the same week I've seen you in here. You've been hanging around with
4: Val too much. That yeah, doesn't count, Chuck. The first time I was here, I was looking for Val. Besides, I thought Val here could use the company.
5: Well, that's good. It'll keep Val from looking like a fool in front of all the ladies.
3: Hey! What do? you... Ah, you're right, Barkeep. You gotta call a spade a spade.
5: So where's the third third wheel today, Max? Why isn't he with you two fellas?
4: Uh, I think he's playing Mr. Hurt Feelings or something today. Wait, wait, wait. Are we going to address
3: the fact that Chuck referred to Max as the third wheel? So? Well, what's the old man trying to say?
4: That Max isn't with us today?
3: Uh, that's not all he's implying.
4: I think he was making a funny that was anything but that. Chuck, you ought to cut Val off for good. Look how many brain cells you've killed in the poor boy. Oh, God, you... Yeah. Hey,
3: anyways, you think Max not being here has something to do with that note? What note? You know, that note. The one from this morning. Val, I don't know anything about a note. What are you talking about? You know, it had Max's name on it. It was pinned to your door this morning. I saw it, th- I saw it there when I came by to pick you up.
4: What are you talking about? There was no note on my door when you came by. I would have seen it when I locked the door. Yeah, that's because I took it off the door. Wait, didn't, it? didn't I tell you that? Tell me what?
3: Oh, I didn't tell you, did I? What? Max left a note on your door when I came by to pick you up.
4: No, Val. You didn't tell me that. Oh, sorry about that. Well, where is it? Where's what? You can't be this stupid. Who, me? Just give me the note. Wow, wow. Where'd that come from? Oh, this
5: really is from Max. A letter this day and age? Has that boy ever heard of a phone?
3: Well, what
5: the what the hell does it say?
1: Kurt, I gave some thought to what you said. you know what? For the first time in our friendship, you and I are both right. I do need to move on and leave, but not to go pursue a career in writing, but to get the hell out of town and see new things. Staying in one place for the rest of my life is pointless, I agree, but how do I know I love that idea unless I turn it into a reality? Tomorrow I'll wake up and be a frail old man, and by God, if I'm coming to the bar and have drinks with you and Val, I'll probably end up offing myself. and No one wants that. Maybe I'll come back home and have a better appreciation for this town. Maybe on the road I'll find out what my true passion in life is and decide to never come back and continue doing that thing. Maybe I'll pull up Robert, meet a girl, get tied down, and never want to leave her side. Only difference is, I will be out of town. Who the hell knows what's out there for me, and as of now, and frankly, I, I don't want to waste any time debating about it. But as they say, I'll just let nature take its course. So make sure June doesn't work herself to death. Make sure Robert isn't so freaking serious all the time. Make sure Val doesn't drink himself to death, and you, Curtis. How about you put the amount of effort you care for your friends and the thinking about yourself? You'd be surprised how good you may feel in the long run. Take
4: care, pal. Yep. A letter. <laughs> that boy really was born on the wrong generation. <laughs> mm.
8: This has been the Metabolic Studio IOU Theater Production for IOU Radio. Performers in tonight's radio play, The Townies, written and directed by Manuel Ruiz, are
5: Jim Shellcross playing Chuck the Bartender, Community Announcements, and Robert in Love.
3: Max Roseanne playing the narrator
5: and Val and
7: manager
2: Chelsea Benbrook playing June Hamilton
4: and Grant Whitney and I am Curtis Cordero Chavez
1: as Maxwell O'Connor.
6: Sharon Avey as Michelle. Tourist number one and sound effects. Jennifer Duncan, tourist number two and sound effects.
8: And we have Victor Silvis and Victor Silvis Jr. on sound, mixing. <laughs> Jeannie Smith was the understudy for June and our assistant director. And we'd like to say a very, very special thanks to Kent Ramlos and the Double L Bar for hosting this season. IOU Theater. Thank you, Kent. We'll be back in the fall to produce IOU Radio Theater with Lone Pine High School students. So watch for our progress on our website, metabolicstudio.org, also our Facebook site, Metabolic Studio, and Metabolic Studio IOU Theater. If you want to be involved next season, starting in the fall, please come and see me, come and see Manny. Talk to the Metabolic Studio people who are up here from Los Angeles sitting in the front. (laughs) And we're very, very grateful to Lauren Bond in the Metabolic Studio for making IOU Theater possible since 2014. Thank you.